Hello there, it's Gareth here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I hope you are well. So it's Monday the 12th of September and today we are talking about the other side of disappointment. It's funny, you know, there's a few things happened this weekend, in fact in the last few days, which kind of make this episode very apt and certainly for me at the moment quite um, quite personal. So I'm going to share some things with you today about what I did over the weekend. Um, but um, the one I did last week on Friday, that was an episode I, you know, I didn't expect to record. It's one I put in because I thought it was only right to, to mark the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. And actually, what I'm going to talk about today is tied in with that a little bit because what we're talking about today is we all have disappointments in life. You know, anybody listening to this, you'll have had moments when you had disappointments. Something happened where there was some disappointment, some sadness. And when when we're in that initial moment of disappointment or upset, it can feel like it'll never be the same again. Nothing will ever be the same again. And that is a little bit what it felt like on Friday for me, if I'm honest, thinking the Queen's died, you know, that's it, the Queen's gone. And there was this kind of sense of sadness, disappointment. And then I think disappointment's probably got to be used very loosely there. You know, we can't be disappointed because somebody died. You know, people do die. But it's that kind of sense, you know what I mean, that kind of upset and disappointment that things weren't the way you wanted them to be. That's what I'm talking about with reference to disappointment. Not Things not being the way you wanted them to be. So given the choice last week, you know, there's no way a week ago when I was recording last week's episode on the Monday or the Tuesday when I did it, there's no way anybody saw the Queen dying the Thursday of that week. It just it just wasn't in anybody's radar. Yes, she was old. But then when it happened, there's like a sense of disappointment because this is not really what we wanted it to be like. So over the weekend, I went, I went away. On Friday, Sue and myself, we went off up to the Lake District. And this is something we did last year, exactly the same weekend last year, we went up to the Lake District. And the reason we went up last year is the same as this year, is that Sue's mum, just like we are, she's an avid walker. And in fact, the reason that me and Sue walk at all, well, certainly the reason Sue walks at all is because of her mum. She got her, her, Sue into walking when she was very much younger, when she was a child. And that's something Sue's done all her life. And then when I met Sue and started having a relationship with Sue, she got me into walking. Um, and I know there's people who've listened, who listen to this podcast, especially I'm thinking about Rianne, uh, our friend Rianne. You know, we got her into walking. So Sue got, Sue's mum got her into walking. She got me into walking. We've got other people into walking. So... The reason Sue's mum was in the latest it was because she takes some time in September to go up there and she has four or five days based in Keswick, which is a beautiful part of the Lake District, and she was walking from there. So last year we went up and last year the weather was horrendous um, and we, we had a walk planned which we couldn't do, which, you know, was disappointing. Um, but we ended up doing another walk last year, which was not the walk we intended, but it was still a nice walk. But this year... We got the same weekend, we looked at the weather and the walk we wanted to the previous year looked like it was a go because the weather was looking supportive. According to all the forecasts I looked at, you know, the the path we were going to take was going to give us some phenomenal views. And I'll just kind of tell you what they were. There's a place in the Lake District called, it's a peak, and it's called Great Gable. And this peak at Great Gable has allegedly the best view in the Lake District. And I've seen pictures of it online. It looks absolutely breathtaking. Sue's been there and seen that view. That's why she wanted me to go there. She wanted to show me it. And last year, it wasn't a possibility. But this year, all the signs were good. You know, the weather was going to be okay. The conditions were not going to be rainy or anything. And this should have been clear. So we planned this walk for a couple of weeks now. And I made sure I'd got a route in mind. And... 
when we got there on the Friday, the weather wasn't good, but it, it looked like it would clear up. Woke up the Saturday morning, weather were clear. You know, we're in Keswick, it looked a nice morning. And so we set off to the start of this walk. And to get to Great Gable, it's about a three-mile walk. It's not a long way, actually, but it's one hell of a steep way. You park up in a place called, I believe it's called Slaithwaite Farm. And it's it's where a lot of people park when they're going off to do walk in that area because close by to that, close by to Great Gable, is another very big peak and a more probably a more famous peak, one most people have heard of, called Scarfell Pike. So we set off from this campsite and we went up and it was basically like walking up the side of a mountain. Very, very steep, very, very difficult conditions. But we, we literally trudged to the top of this, this kind of uh, ascent and as we got to the top of the ascent, the views were, were pretty good. You know, we could see down into the valleys and it was already looking impressive, but we were only halfway up. So I thought, oh, this is just going to be phenomenal. I was so excited. And as we walked along the ridge towards where we would start to make the ascent to Great Gable, the clouds start to appear. And it, it wasn't kind of like cloud. It was more like a low-hanging mist. And this mist was kind of drifting in. So as we got kind of two-thirds of the way up, now bear in mind... Great Gable is not a lot short of 900 metres high. When we got to about 750, 800 metres, there was just no visibility. And at this point then, I'm thinking, well, you know, it might move across. I'm kind of hoping it'll move away so we'd get the view when we got to the top. But as we got close, it became very clear that there was going to be no view and disappointment set in already. So I'm I'm kind of dealing with this disappointment as we're approaching the, the, the summit. And, you know... Got to bear in mind a couple of things. One is we've done a lot of ascent. We're quite tired, you know, even though it's only a very short three-mile walk to the top of it. It's probably two and a half, actually. It's very um, demanding physically. So at this point, then, I get to the top. As we approach it, there's going to be no view. I'm getting disappointed. I thought, well, maybe when we get there, we'll be able to hang about and maybe the, the, mist, the mist will blow over. But when we get to the peak and we got to the top of Great Gable, the conditions were quite horrible. It was cold. It was windy. There was there was spats of rain coming, so the disappointment that had been building from about you know seven hundred and fifty meters up was just growing. It was getting bigger and bigger. So I was I was so disappointed, and I kept thinking you know let's let's look at the good in this. Let's look at the positive in this, shall we? Um, and I couldn't find it, which is unusual for me. I have to be honest. I'm normally fairly upbeat. I can normally kind of spin something to make it look more favourable than it is, even quite difficult circumstances. And it's certainly something I do with my clients. I, I am always encourage them to do something called reframing, which is where you take a situation, okay, it might look not good, but how can we reframe that situation to make it look more positive and give us a more optimistic outlook on it? I couldn't do it. And and I wondered why. So I'm, I'm starting at this point then to get incredibly, um, the, the term we use in our household is called chimpy. And, and somebody in a group I run on Facebook says, what does the word chimpy mean? You need to read the book called The Chimp Paradox. That's why we get the reference chimpy from. And it's basically the idea that we have um, a part of our thinking, a part of our mind, if you like, our brain, which is like um, an, an old brain, like a chimp version, the, the kind of the um, our ancestral brain from millions of years ago when we were just kind of what people have you believe. We were monkeys that stood upright and walked on two feet. So it's this kind of very much um, a very kind of reactive, uh, fight or flight kind of brain. It's the brain that keeps you safe is the chimp brain. So when you're kind of getting upset about a situation or something's not bouncing when you're getting angry, we, we refer to it as being chimpy, okay? So at the top of Great Gable, I am getting chimpy. And 
I, I always know when I'm getting chimpy because Sue sort of really quietens down because I don't know if she knows what to do at times. So she kind of tends to allow me to kind of rattle and be chimpy for a while. And normally I calm down. This didn't happen. It was just, I was in this kind of almost like an incessant rage. It was really, really uncomfortable. I wasn't showing it externally, but internally I'm, I'm just really, really angry. And I was angry for two reasons. One is I was so disappointed because I couldn't see the view, no view at all. And secondly, I knew quite a long way back into the walk that we were not going to see a view. And I thought, why didn't we just turn round? Because as we were coming up, as we looked over where we'd come from, the sunshine was beautiful. There were some lovely hills and vales across there. There were some great fells. And I thought we could have been stood up there having a lovely view of the Keswick area. And instead we stood here in fucking horrible conditions and I'm not happy. And I realised there was these things bouncing in me, the disappointment and also a bit of anger at myself for not kind of turning the walk around and saying, let's do something different. So at the top of there, like I said, this disappointment was was just, well, I've, I've not experienced that kind of feeling for a while. So we got to the top and I thought, okay, we're up here now, what can we do? And we decided that although we couldn't see the view from the top of there, there was every possibility that there may be a view on the next hill if we took to, chose to take it. Because I did mention earlier, the reason we parked where we parked is that's a popular spot for people to set off for on walks. But the walk they primarily do from there is they go up Scarfell Pike, which is a famous peak because it's the highest mountain in England. So I thought, we're not that far from Scarfell Pike. Let's just walk down Great Gable and walk up Scarfell Pike. Which even now saying it sounds easy. I can assure you it's not, right? This is down what is a very high hill in Green Gable, mountain actually, because it's that high, up another mountain at the other side. So we've got to go down and up to get to the top of Scarfell. So we decided we would do that. So I got my map out and I started to use the navigation. And again, there's, you've got to remember something, there's no visibility. We can't see anything. Literally six foot in front of us as, as feet was a good thing. Most times it was almost like you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. So it was very tricky navigating. And a couple of times on the summit of Great Gable, we kind of took the, long, the wrong route. And we ended up coming to this kind of edge of a, well, it was the edge of the, of the, of the mountain. And I kind of looked down and I thought, well, I think we could go down here. And we'd, we were looking down, it looked very steep. And I thought, well, it can't be that steep. You know, it must be, we must be able to walk down this at some point. Um, just remember that, because I need to come back and tell you about that point. So remember, I was at the edge of Great Gable, Looking at this kind of rocky, kind of rocky outcrop, and I could see kind of a bit of a path going down, but it looked very steep. Just remember that, because that's going to become relevant in a bit later on in this podcast. Okay. We eventually managed to get on the track. We found it after probably 15, 20 minutes of kind of getting the navigation right. And and this was making me more angry, mainly because I'm normally very good with my navigation. And for some reason, my navigation, which I use on my phone, wasn't just working as well as it should have done. I couldn't really see the screen that good. It was getting wet and damp. So I'm, I was getting angry. So I've, I'm disappointed. I've been chimpy. Now I've got this anger of being lost. So this is all building up inside this really uncomfortable, horrible feeling. And um, we eventually took the path down from Great Gable to the next, what I will cast, class as the waypoint. There's a town around there. It's called Styhouse Town. And once we knew we got to Styhouse Town, the path to um, to Scarfell should have been relatively straightforward to follow. And then coming down, and this is just when, I, you know, when you have them days and you think it's not your day. Once we were kind of sort of 20 minutes into our ascent and we got down a bit lower, 
all of a sudden the cloud cleared. As we were looking back over us, we could start to see the top of Great Gable. The the sun came out. It was it was beautiful. And I just thought, Do you know what? If we'd have just waited another forty minutes, we'd have been up in that. We could have seen the view. What did that do? It, I was getting even more disappointed and angry and chimp with myself because of that. So at this particular waypoint, that sty head turn, I sat down and I said, I'm gonna have something to eat. And I was so angry and I had this outburst with Sue. And it just all came out, this like emotional release. And it, it was all this disappointment, um, almost as if everything I'd been through this summer, which has been significant and been quite tough, it all kind of poured out. And I had this kind of little, well, I class as a moment. And Sue sat there, you know, she's just listening and I'm, I'm kind of coming out with all this stuff. I feel so disappointed, you know, I shouldn't have got lost, you know, I'm feeling fucked off, we're feeling fucked off. I'm, I'm angry, I've got angry. And I had this, it, literally, probably what I class as an un- unrealistic um, response to what had been going on. I mean, let's face facts. There was a bit of we, bit of mist. We couldn't see something. That's no big deal normally. You know, we got a bit lost. We found our way. No big deal normally. You know, we could have turned back. We didn't. No big deal normally. But for this moment in this day, it was just like this unrealistic, you know, almost... Well, as I say, it was like I caught an episode and I was just so angry with myself. I wasn't angry with Sue. It's not like I was being horrible to her. I was just so angry with myself and it all came out. All the disappointment of the last probably 12 or 18 months, anything that I'd ever done that I'd done wrong in that time, all kind of came out in this outburst and I felt completely drained emotionally. And I was emotional. Like, you know, I'd have to say and without... Well, I'm, you know, I can talk to you honestly. There were kind of tears in my eyes. I, w- I, was, I could have cried. I could have wept. And it was only that kind of... Ability to hold that back, that stopped happening. Anyway, when I'd basically had something to eat and had this outburst, all of a sudden, it was like, just like the weather, it's like the clouds had lifted. And I just felt so much better. And then the sun had come out, the conditions looked good. I'm looking up at Scarfell, it looked beautiful. I thought, oh, come on. So I thought, although we didn't get the view, what we can do is if we go to the top of Scarfell, we've at least bagged the second the second mountain of the day, and actually the highest mountain in England. That's not a bad um, a bad morning's work. So we set off and we started walking up this hill. And I have to say, the rest of the walk, those next, what would have been the best part of seven miles, were just beautiful. You know, I felt good. Um, I felt strong. I felt energised. I felt up- optimistic. You know, this same character that only probably 25, 30 minutes earlier was kind of this gibbering wreck of, of kind of upset and disappointment, all of a sudden that had gone. Because I started to realise something. There's always something at the other side of disappointment. There always is. No matter how disappointed you are or upset with anything in life, it's always different at the other side of it. Always something better comes. I said this recently in a podcast I did about change. Something better always comes out of any change that happens. Anything that changes, something always comes that better. that's better. As I was going up, I realised that the conditions looking back were beautiful. I could see a great view of Great Gable. I've got some great photographs. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you should, because go on there and you'll see the pictures of Great Gable. It's beautiful. And the, the walk up, up Scarfell, it was beautiful and funny as well, because we were surrounded by um, a few people. There were some people walking up. This is quite a busy route. There was a family up there, and they were they were funny, because they clearly had somebody with them. They were the daughter of the family who didn't really want to go up, and they were all complaining because they'd run out of water. You know, and rough, and it was a tough walk. I mean, it was a tough walk. But we got up there. We got a chance to scramble up some kind of shale and rock. I mean, 
if you are into walking, I can tell you now, if you've not done it, Scarfell Pike is a horrible walk under foot conditions. You're like walking on spiky boulders for most of the way. But we got close to the top, and I'm just feeling better. And then as we get to the top, you know, I can see it's all clear. And as we sat there, we got a very, very, I mean, literally two minutes worth of a view from the top. Then the mist came in again. But this time when the mist came in, I didn't care. It's like I thought, you know what? I've enjoyed coming up here. We're at the highest point in, in England. We sat down. We had us, we had the rest of us food and us sandwiches. We were listening to people chatting and all the euphoria that they got to the top of the highest mountain in England. And I just felt really, really good. And then as we walked down the path back from the top of Scarfell to, to our starting point, it was like a circular we did. Um, it was nice. It was very hard. You know, Sue found it very tough, I have to say. I found it very tough. And when we eventually got back to the car, some... 10 hours after setting off that morning, we'd covered 12 miles of very tough walking. We'd done two very big peaks, one of them the highest in, in England. And I thought we'd had a, we had an absolutely great day. And I kind of reflected on that Saturday evening and yesterday. And I realised that sometimes we can't see in the disappointment or the upset, but after it, Something good always comes. I think personally, I have to say, I'm going to say it now, it was a better walk the way we did it and what happened that it would have been if we'd just gone to Great Gable, seen the view and come back down. It was more of a memorable day. We'll remember that walk for a long time in the future. Would we remember the view from the top of Great Gable? We probably would, but we wouldn't remember it like we remember that walk we did because of the things that happened, especially at the top finding the navigation. So I told you to remember that. When we looked back, when we got when we were going up Scarfell and, and Great Gable was clear, we looked back and I saw where we'd gone to the edge of, and literally this was a sheer drop. Now, I don't know what your beliefs are, people. You know, you know, I've got a very spiritual belief. I do believe there's a God, and I think on that day on top of Scarfell, certainly God was looking after me because something just made me not go down that. It looked obvious. It looked like it was the path. It looked like it was taking us to where we wanted to be. But if we'd have gone over the edge and gone down that little bit of what looked like a relatively, it looked steep. It went from a steep into a sheer drop and there's no way we're getting back up. We'd have either tippled off the edge or we would have been stranded. So I believe God was kind of looking after me that day. And um, But it, 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 was, it was, it was memorable. So we got back to the car and then we got back home and... We started watching the news, so we, we've had this walk, we're a bit tired, and I started looking at the news of the investiture of Charles, you know, now the Queen's passed away and Charles becomes King, King Charles III. And I started to look at that and thinking, you know, all that disappointment and upset from Thursday and Friday last week of the Queen passing away, thinking, oh, it'll never be the same again. I started to listen to Charles talking and watching him on television, and I thought, wow, he's going to make a great King. I just really liked what he said, how he said it, his way and everything. And I thought, there you go. There's another example of how if you just sit with it and go through the disappointment or the upset, eventually something comes out the other side. You maybe didn't imagine, but actually it looks better. And I think there's almost like a sense now that although nobody would want the Queen to pass, you know, she hasn't been in an active role for many years. She's been out and about, but not like this, not like Charles was doing, getting out of cars and shaking people's hands and waving to people. And I thought we're going to have a really active monarch again. And I forgot the Queen used to do that, but clearly, as she got old, that was more difficult. So again, it just shows you, out the other side of disappointment, there's always something better comes. And my kind of learning that day, and there were three things I've learned on that walk. One is this. Never leave to go on a big walk without having breakfast. I didn't have breakfast, 
So when I got to the top of there and I'm getting chimpy and upset, it was because I was feeling angry. Normally I'll be able to handle that. But when you're physically not able to because you've not got any food inside you, it can affect your mood dramatically. It doesn't make you as resilient. So if you start skipping meals, especially if you're doing some kind of fairly, what our class is, um, tough walking, you will get angry. You will get mad at yourself because you've not got any fuel. You're tired, your body, and when your body's weak, your mind's weak. So eat your food. Secondly, always, 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 when you're going on a walk, and if you're doing something that's difficult, make sure you know that you're checking where you are. Do not get lost. We got lost because we literally took our eye off the, the map for a few minutes. When things are difficult, when you're in challenging positions in your life, no matter what you're doing, always make sure you're taking the right path. You have to check obvi- really regularly. So like when you're walking, you have to check. I should have been checking that map every kind of 90 seconds. Not what I did is every five minutes. 90 seconds. Same with anything else you fall in life. If you're finding something very tough and you're working towards something, some goal you've got, keep checking regularly. Am I on track? Am I on path? Am I going the way I want to go? Or am I coming to a cliff edge? And then thirdly, if you need to, vo- so, so to vent and voice stuff, you absolutely should. Way too many people holding what I let out on on Saturday. And I believe by holding it in, you do yourself damage internally. It causes you to be upset. If you're somebody that suffers from kind of headaches or the other one, it shows it shows in a number of ways, holding intention and upset. It can show itself in backache, achy joints, shoulders, headache. It can show it in cold sores. You know, it's, it's because we're holding this tension we need to let out. It's a little bit like if you try to imagine a... A hose pipe, and you you've got the hose pipe on full blast, and you sort of put a knot in it. It has to find release as that tension. Tension requires resolution. It always will look for it. It will always find it. And if we don't allow it to come out, it affects us and makes us feel even worse. But when you let it out, especially out in a safe environment, and I had that on Saturday because I had Sue with me, and even if I'd have been by myself, I think the idea of screaming and shine would have been a good thing. So you could find yourself getting really wound up about something, sat at home, upset, smash a pillar, jump around, scream, do whatever you need to do to release that tension. Because once that tension is released, you, you feel like a completely different person, which is what I did. And I think if you look at those three things, always make sure you've got the right food inside you, because honestly, if your body's wanting food or you're not fueling it properly, it affects your mindset and your mood dramatically. Secondly, keep checking your path. Where are you going? Are you on track? If you feel like you're being lost or you don't know where you are, check that path regularly. And then thirdly, let that stuff out. Release it. Don't hold in the tension. I was looking at the pictures this morning because um, what I do when I've done a walk is I try to kind of take off the ones that are rubbish and they upload to Google Drive for me. I put them into Google Photos so I can look back at them in weeks and months to come. Um, And there's one particular picture on there which it doesn't do it justice, but it's like... um, a picture of um, mist. But in the mist, there's like a darkness. There's like a really eerie... Um, I didn't see it when I took it, but looking back at it, there's like an eerie darkness behind the mist. And that was the top of Great Gable. That was the peak. I'm get, I would love to... And I'm sure I will at some point see it in clear conditions. It must have been huge because from the map, it was uh, about 150 metres up. So this was 150 metres scramble in front of me, which we couldn't see because of the mist. And probably... Because we couldn't see it, we didn't recognise how hard it was. But just to see that kind of darkness in the eerie mist, it, I'll remember that. And that'll be one of the photographs that I'll look back on that walk and see, yeah, I remember that. So we've had a memorable walk, a memorable day. 
Disappointment, yes, there was, just like there was with the Queen. But then the other side of it, as I wish City this morning, I feel like we had a really memorable walk on Saturday and I'm optimistic, I feel optimistic now about the next few weeks and months. You know, all that stuff that came out on Saturday has kind of gone now. And as far as the Queen and Prince and King Charles, not Prince Charles anymore, King Charles III is concerned, I think we're going to have a really, really good monarch. Yes, it's disappointing. Yes, we're upset. You know, we should grieve and give respect to the Queen. But hey, we've got something new coming. We've got a new monarch. We've got a new opportunity to get behind him and I think it's going to be good for the UK so if you are listening from the UK I think it's going to be good you know I think it's going to be a turning point for our country and for those of you that not from the UK that are listening from other parts of the world um, the one thing I, I do know is that if you watch the events of the coming days and weeks as we get close to the Queen's funeral and then as we've seen Charles becoming more active you know, I think you'll sort of see a different side to the UK, a much more active monarch that maybe you haven't seen for a while. And that's got to be a good thing. So there you go. That's my little kind of podcast for this week. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you are somebody that does struggle at times with disappointment, don't hold on to it. You know, there's always something better comes. And as long as you allow yourself to release that tension and, and move through it, you'll see what that good thing is that comes out the other side of being disappointed. Right. Thank you for listening. I'll be back again next Monday for another podcast. In fact, I've got to say, I just noticed something else as I'm recording this. The next episode's quite important because this is episode, I don't say it anymore at the start, this is episode 199, which means the next one coming up is 200. I cannot believe we've done 200 episodes. What a journey that's been. But I'll be back next Monday for the 200th episode of the podcast. Until then, don't dwell on your disappointments. Look for the good stuff at the other side of it. You take care of yourself. And I'll see you later. Bye-bye.